Good morning. Let's stand all over the house this morning. You can follow along uh, in the hymn book or you can watch on the screens to the right and to the left. Let's sing this old hymn of the church, The Comforter Abides. This morning we're singing He Abides.
the ushers at this time if they'll make their way this morning for us to get ready to take up our tithes and offerings. And then immediately following this prayer, you can bring those unto the Lord during our meet and greet time together. Father, we love you. We glorify your name. We love you and we worship you. Lord, we just know that you are a comforter that truly abides with us each and every day. Fathers, we get ready to come and this, make this portion of the worship service by bringing our tithes and offerings. Lord, I pray you would bless the gift and the giver. You would bless those that have to give and those that don't. Lord, if there's someone here today who cannot give for some reason, I pray, God, that you would be here today and you would bless them at some point they could give back because you've been so good to us today. Father, I pray that every offering and every amount of money that is taken today would be for the upbuilding and the advancement of the kingdom of God, not for our own kingdom, but that we lift Jesus high and above so all the world can be drawn to you. We love you and we glorify you. Bless the remaining portion of this service. In Christ's name we pray and the people of God said amen. 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 Do you bring it this time during our meet and greet. God bless you today. Sign them out 
today before you leave uh, church. We are in the middle. We have we have made week one of our 21 days of fasting, those that are following along. There are prayer guides out there if you want to follow along with the scripture readings. There are prayer guides in the Welcome Center area. Uh, if they, for some reason, happen to be all taken and you don't find one, please see myself or ask somebody to find me and I'll make sure that we get you a copy of those prayer guides. They're down week one. You only got two more weeks to go. We're getting there. And, uh, and so we're doing that. But starting tomorrow, the 16th and next Monday, from 7 to 8, this is not required. This is not, but we're going to have the church open from 7 to 8 if anybody wants to come and just pray. We're going to have music playing. We're just coming. We're not here. There's not going to be a bunch of uh, singing. I'm not going to preach to you or anything like that. We're just going to come talk to God. We're just going to have some time. But we just pray together. We're just going to hear from heaven. And uh, I believe what we need more than anything else in the world is we need to hear from God. That's what we need. And uh, so we're just going to come and pray. There might be some live music that, that some of us will play or there will be CDs played. We're just going to come together and pray. You don't have to stay the whole hour. That's just the block time that we'll have set aside uh, that the church will be open and accessible uh, to you for that. Uh, Also, don't forget the end of the month is snack night. We're going to finish this fast, if you will, on on January 29th. That Sunday night after church, we're going to have a fellowship time uh, together as well. Those that are involved in this, you should be getting a letter from me shortly uh, regarding leadership training uh, being in the first Saturday of uh, February. Those that are following online or in-house, you can always subscribe and listen to our services on Apple or Google Podcasts. All services are chronologically in order there. You can listen to any service that we have on this campus. You can always watch us online. If you're not here on Facebook or YouTube, just simply at Santee Circle COG. It's that simple, easy to go. Uh, Always there's ways to give any information you don't know. Just check it out on the website. If you're a first-time guest, let me say to you, thank you for being here, whether online or in-house. We hope you feel right at home and we'll come again real soon. If you need anything, please let one of our hospitality members and teammates certainly know all about that today. Now, before we let those come to lead Scripture in prayer, uh, I have a couple requests that I want to bring to our attention today. Uh, Sister Brenda Frierson brought to my attention this morning uh, one of her family members, they call her Granny Giggleman. She's in the St. Stephen uh, nursing home. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we discussed with you uh, that there was a big COVID outbreak uh, there at the St. Stephen nursing home. Quite a few, I think it was like 20, 25 people ended up with COVID. Well, Granny Giggleman is 100 years old, and if she lives to the Lord willing till April, she'll be 101. And so she's lived a long life. But Granny Giggleman contracted COVID like the rest of them did. And so we're going to pray and believe God in this prayer this morning. God's going to take care of her and he's going to let her just beat this thing and uh, and be able to, to be back doing the things she enjoys doing. Continue to pray for Sister Deborah Wolf's mother who is also in the nursing home uh, and is not really liking it too well, but uh, please be with her. Continue to pray for those of you that may know uh, the Satterfield family. Uh, Debbie Satterfield uh, that used to go to the Road Church. Uh, she passed away. We had her funeral services this past week. But pray for uh, that family. Uh, pray for my wife and extended family. They're all traveling back from Florida. Not today, but they'll be traveling back tomorrow. Uh, I drove down on Friday and turned around and came back last night, uh, but they'll be leaving on Monday to come back from Florida uh, from being there with her grandfather for his 80th birthday, so pray for them. Uh, the Carlson family is watching us online today, so to all the Carlson family, we're so glad to have you. But they're at church 
with her grandmother who is homebound, uh, Miss Betty, uh, who is homebound. She can't go to church, so every month, once a month, they go to her house and they try to do church with her by either watching or doing it together. So they were with her grandmother, but she said they'd be watching today, so we're going to pray for them today. Continue to pray for Brother Ray uh, Godin's parents. Uh, his mother is real sick and really uh, just battling some, some health issues. I'm going to pray for that. Also, Mason, which is uh, Brooke Godin's, which is Brother, which is Brother Ray and Sister Jeannie's grandson, Mason. They, Mason has been here before. Mason's been having some GI problems, and they're having to take him to a specialist in Ohio for him to get some things all the way um, uh, checked in Ohio. Uh, Mason's probably, I don't know, maybe he's less than two, probably a little over a year, year and a half, something like that. Um, those little boys had to battle tubes in his ears, all kinds of things, um, surgeries, etc. Now he's got GI problems and has been having to go to Ohio. And so we want to pray for him. And uh, let me say uh, also just a quick shout out before um, Brother uh, Marion comes to lead Scripture and prayer. He could be making his way at this time uh, to lead Scripture and prayer. But uh, the dear sister sitting here in the back of our brother Rocky, she is connected uh, to me from Orangeburg, South Carolina. Uh, she lives here, but a couple years ago we had quite a few uh, 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 folks from Jamaica that ended up coming to our church there at Columbia Road and uh, that had come on teacher work visas and things like that. But this precious lady that sits in the back back here, she got connected to our church. Uh, she was driving all the way from here. Orangeburg. Her husband was attending another church in this area, and uh, so she would drive every so often uh, with her little boy Grayson uh, to our church there in Orangeburg, and she found out that I was in this area now, and it's a lot shorter drive than Orangeburg to get here, and so she finally navigated and figured out how to find us here in, in Berkeley County, and uh, and has made it here today, and so uh, I just want to, can we give her a hand of welcome? We're so glad to have you today, and uh, I'm honored that you're here. God bless you. Brother Marion, will you come today? suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast to form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. I want to say I love y'all today, and I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer. Let's invite his presence in this church. Let's invite his presence. The Bible says he inhabits the praise of his people. We want, it, we want his presence. We need to invite him. Let us pray. Father, again, we thank the Lord for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank the Lord that we're able to come to the house of God to worship him as spirit. Holy love, we thank you for all that you are in our life. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless and touch every part of this service, Lord. And again, Lord, we invite your presence. That we need every day in our lives. Father, be with us today in this service. We be careful to praise you and thank you for all that you do. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.
but uh, interesting that he used that particular verse because the Bible says we're supposed to love each other. And as old men in the church, if you look at the Sunday school lesson this morning, it says we're supposed to be sober and just and easygoing and love everybody. So love all you guys. This morning I'm going to sing Let Me Touch Him. Let me touch him. Let me touch Jesus. Let me touch him as he passes by. Then when I shall reach out to others, they shall know him. They shall. Spirit more than silver and gold. 
morning to be the hands and feet of Jesus extended today. And let's stand all over the house again. Let's jump right back into praise and worship this morning. And we're going to sing a song that says, praise and worship says, There's a new name written down in glory. And the Bible teaches us once we give our heart to Jesus Christ, that we now have a new name. We're not bound by the old name, but old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. So let's worship the Lord this morning.
have the Lord on your side this morning. The Bible says if we didn't have the Lord on our side, tell us where would we be? We are so thankful for the Lord. You know, we all go through struggles. We all go through situations. We all go through battles. We all go through times in our lives we don't understand things. But the Bible, the Word of God gives us clear guidance that the Lord has been with us every step of the way. And Andre Crouch penned the words of this song, and I believe it still is true today as it was when he wrote it many, many years ago back in, I believe, 1971 or so. It says, through it all, we can trust and depend upon the Word of God. So let's worship today.
for you truly are worthy to be praised in this house this morning. You are God and God alone. And there is none like unto you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Ghost. We feel your presence in this house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We sing through it all. It's through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all. It's through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Let's sing it one more time. Through it all. So through it all. you can today in this house and you let him know he is worthy and worthy to be praised the bible says shout unto god with the voice of triumph shout unto god with the voice of praise i'm telling you we have a lot to be thankful for in this third week of january we might only be three weeks into 2023 but god is still good god is still faithful god is still seeing us through we have a right to give god praise we've got a right to glorify and uplift the name above every name that demons have to flee hell has to shudder everything is bound by his name it is at the name of jesus demons are cast out the captive are set free the brokenhearted are made whole again those that are been held enslaved to sin are liberated we still have power in the name of all names and that is jesus christ our lord can you just once more give the lord a hand clap of praise in the house this morning hallelujah we love you lord we glorify your name if you have your bibles while you're standing i'm going to ask you to turn to the book of exodus chapter 34 very quickly, Exodus chapter number 34. Hallelujah. I'm glad. The Bible said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I'm glad to be in the Lord's house this morning. I don't know about you, but I feel him in this house today. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Exodus chapter 34, it'll be verse number 1 and 2 there on your screens or to my right and to my left if you don't have your Bibles today. We've been in a series called Fresh Starts. Fresh Start, having a fresh perspective, a fresh outlook, a fresh start. Here's what the Bible says. The Lord said to Moses, I want you to cut two tablets of stone like the first ones I gave you. And I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. So be ready in the morning. 
Come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. Before I get into the message, I want you to look there at verse number 2. Now, you know the story. Moses was gone for a long time up to Mount Sinai. In fact, he was gone for many days. The people of God decided they didn't know what had happened to Moses, so they go to Aaron and they ask him to make them a god they can follow. And so they bring all the gold to him and Aaron molds and shapes a golden calf to mimic the gods of Egypt, Egypt, the Egyptian gods. Moses comes down from the mountain. God's angry. He tells Moses he's going to wipe them out. God says, please don't do that. What will all the nations say about you? And the Lord says, fine, but you go down there and handle it or I will. Moses sees them and he's afar off and he gets to the bottom of the mountain. The Bible says he throws the stones which God had cut out. God had cut out the first stones and had wrote the commands of the Lord on them. And Moses threw them down and they broke. The Bible says Moses took the golden calf and he burned it. And he made it to a powder and he made the Israelites drink it. But he had broken, if you will, the, the inscribed word of God or the law and tablets that God had given. And so Moses says to God, God, if you don't go with us, we don't go. And Moses says, God, I'm not going. I'm not leading these people without you. I'm not. And I shared with you a couple weeks ago that that would be the best advice I could ever give you in 2023. Don't get ahead of God. Don't go unless he's going. And if he stays, you stay. Don't try to get ahead of him and don't lag behind him. Stay wherever he's at and leave when he leaves. And he tells the people of God, he says, God, I'm not doing it without you. And God says, fine. So he says, I want you to cut these tablets, which means he had to have some preparation and but look at what he says. He says, but I want you to be ready in the morning. To come up to the mountain of Sinai and present yourself to me on top of the mountain. What God is saying is, get yourself ready to meet me tomorrow. Can I tell you, it's just not a word for Sunday. This word could be for any day of the week. Every day when you wake up, you should be prepared to meet God that day. You should be ready to go to heaven if he calls you home. And if he doesn't call you home, you should be prepared to meet the day with him and say, good morning, Lord, I am ready. This is the early, oh, the birds might already be up and they may already be chirping. But God, I am here today. I'm awake. I'm ready to meet with you today. Whether that's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day, we should always be ready to meet the Lord and be with the Lord. So I want to pick up part three of a series I started, recapturing the glow, getting that glow of God, that presence of God that we talked about Moses had when he met with God, the glow of the Spirit of God back in your life again. What does that look like? Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Help me to preach your word, Lord, like a man from another world, not because I'm special, but because, God, you're good. So, God, I pray you would help us not to only be hearers of the word, but doers of it there likewise. Let this word challenge, chastise, and even change those that may need it in their heart and life today. Go with us in this moment, in the secrecy of this hour. Let your word be heard. And let everything else, Lord, fall in comparison to hearing you and to seeing you high and lifted up. And for that, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. That is, do your name in Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray and ask. And the body of Christ said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated, if you can, in the presence of the Lord. Recapturing the glow. I started a couple weeks ago talking to you about this idea of recapturing 
the glow of God. We talked about Moses going up to the mountain and after he had had this encounter with God, his face radiated with the glory of God. And when he would go in to meet with God, he would become undone. He would take the veil off and he would become undone in the presence of God so that in God's presence there was nothing hidden from God's sight. But I shared with you when he'd come out that his face would glow and so they would have to put a, if you will, a veil over his face because the radiance of God's glory was so strong on the countenance of Moses that the people of God couldn't look at him because it radiated so brightly like the sun. And I told you a couple weeks ago that it would be something if the world could see in us the radiation of God's glory in such a way that they, they couldn't help it to notice God was in our lives and they couldn't help but to see the Spirit of God working in our lives. So we talked about that Moses had to have determination and he, he had to really work at it and he had, to, he had to go and he had to pray and seek God's face. Then we talked about that there was some preparation We just read that scripture about the preparation. Cut out the tablets and prepare your hearts. Be ready to come meet me first thing in the morning. And we talked about the preparation of God. Last week, we talked about the separation. That God told Moses, you come up alone. Don't bring the rest of the people with you. Anybody gets close, they'll die. Don't bring. Sometimes in our lives, we have to put all the distractions around us aside because we and God have to get along. We don't need the husband to tell us. We don't need the wife to tell us. We don't need the grandkids or the children to tell us. We don't even sometimes need the preacher to tell us. We need God to talk to us in that moment. Sometimes I've got to shut off the, the TV. I've got to turn off the radio. I've got to tell Brianna, I've got to go outside for a little while. Don't bother me. I've got to tell Micah, you need to play in your room son I don't need anybody to call my phone sometimes I need to just get along with God because nobody else is going to fix the problem nobody else is going to have the answer they might give me advice they might tell me well you should do this and you should do that but the only person in that moment that I really needed to hear from was not Brianna or Micah but I needed to hear from God sometimes you got to put everything else around you outside of you and remove those distractions so you and God can talk together we talked about the separation of what that means to be away to be isolated with God today I want to pick up with this thought what do you expect to happen when you get with God what is your expectations see I firmly believe with all my heart when you become the preacher, you can preach it however you want to preach it. But today you're stuck listening to me tell it. So you're going to have to hear my perspective. And then next Sunday you can tell it differently if you like. But I believe some people, you just in the old adage, you get what you ask for. I believe some people don't get all that God wants to give them because they don't expect God to give them much more. And I do believe that sometimes the blessings of God can be directly correlated and, and can be directly attributed to how much you expected when you came into the presence of God. If you come into God's house and you only ask 
for day-old bread, he might give you day-old bread. But if you come in the house of God expecting fresh manna from heaven and you say, God, I don't want, to, I don't want the bread that satisfied me on Saturday. I want the bread that's going to satisfy me today on the 15th of January. And God, I don't want the, the 15th of January's bread to be January 16th's bread. I want a fresh loaf. In fact, when the temple of God was erected, the Bible says the priest made daily fresh bread before the Lord. I don't want to live off of... Listen, I'm all about the past. I'm all about the things of yesteryears and honoring your heritage and your past. But the past is that. It's the past. I can't go back and undo the past. I can't go back and shape the past. I can learn from it, but I can't. People like Sister Laura Mae Skipper and Sister Faye Huff and others that have gone on to be with the Lord, I can't call them on the phone and ask them, well, what do I do now? But what I can do is I can go to the God that was the God of yesterday, but there's the God of today, and that'll be the God of tomorrow. I may not always know the answers. I can appreciate the past, but I've got to have an expectation for the future. If I only focus on the past, I'm going to die out in the future. Everything that we have in life is tied to how much we have expectations with God. I'm not talking about the expectations where you think God owes you something. There is a difference between feeling like God owes you something and believing what his word already promised you could have. See, some people say, well, Pastor, you say that I can expect from God. You can't. I'm not talking, though, about the time where God owes you something. This ain't some uh, handout program or welfare system that God, that God doesn't operate like that. This is not some system where I go to God and say, you owe me, God. No, no, no. God owes you nothing. Hello? God owes you. I'll tell you what, you owe, what God owes you. God owes you death. God owed you eternal damnation because we broke every law and covenant of a holy and righteous God and sin cannot stand before his presence. Oh, if you really want what you should, if you go to God and say, God, I want what I deserve, you won't go to heaven because that's what you deserve. But thanks be to God that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, that it's not my righteousness that gets me to heaven, but it's the righteousness of Christ that gets me to heaven. Thank God I didn't get what I deserved, but God gave me mercy and grace in my time of need I'm not talking about the expectations where God you owe me I'm talking about the expectations where you already believe what his word says the Bible says that not one dot not one tittle of his word would ever pass away but he says that all of the promises of his word are yes and amen meaning God is not the Bible said God is not a man that he should lie that means if God said it I can believe it and it's so if God said my children train up a child in the way they should go so when they grow old they won't depart then I can hold on to that promise if God says that I'll be blessed in the city blessed in the field if I trust him he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread I can stand on those promises if God said it I can believe it and it's so that's expectations reminded of a story in Acts chapter 3 the Bible says that it was the time of day to go to prayer it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon the ninth hour of the day Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray as they're coming into the inner courts of the temple, basically the parking lot of today's church, as they're entering in the parking lot of church, there's a man sitting outside there in his, with his bicycle in today's society or whatever, in raggedy clothes, dirty, 
hadn't bathed in a long time. He asked a question. The Bible says he's begging for alms for the poor. And as Peter and John are walking into the front door of the welcome center of church or the vestibule area of church, this man is sitting right outside the front door of church. Isn't it a shame how many people walk by the man going to church but had no answers for him even though he was at the right place to find answers? Maybe it doesn't bother you like it bothers me when I read this story, but oftentimes I think how many people have come to church and they came to the right place, but nobody gave them the right answer because nobody was ready for them when they got there. Nobody had prayed that morning on their way to church. God, send somebody to church today that doesn't know you and let my spirit be in tuned and discern that I can lead them to Jesus Christ. Nobody had prayed on the way to church that morning. God, if you leave a beggar at the front door, let me be able to minister him. Let, as Brother Randy said, let me touch Jesus. Let me be your hands and feet extended. Not, no, nobody had prayed that prayer on the way to church this morning. God, let me be something to someone today in need. You know Why? Because everybody that day came to church wanting to get something and receive something rather than to give something. But my Bible says Jesus Christ said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And when you give, it will be given back unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And your vats will be running over. I'm telling you, you give a dollar in the name of Christ, God will give you $10 back somewhere else. You give $100 in the name of Christ, God will somehow give you a $1,000 miracle. It may not be liquid cash in hand, but it might be a blessing you didn't have to pay for. I'm telling you, you can't ever outgive God. God, you can never outdo God. I'm telling you, everything you commit to God, God will press it down, shake it together, and it will overflow. What do you expect to get when you give to God? It's a sad story if you read it this way, that everybody had passed this man. He came to the right place. He came to church. Isn't that what we preach? Oh, let me invite you to my church. Let me invite you to my church. Let me invite you. I want you to meet my pastor. I want you to meet my Sunday school teacher. I want you to meet our youth. We invite them to church. But what if we invite them to church and when they get here, nothing happens? That was a wasted invite. What What if next Sunday, five new visitors walk into this church because somebody here invited them, but next Sunday morning, nobody gave them anything worth having? What if the worship stunk? I'm not talking about being perfectionist and we were off key. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, what if the worship stunk because we all had bad attitudes all week long and none of us had prayed before service that week? Hello? Can I tell you something? I'm just going to go on my little witch and I've been out of town. I've, been, I've had seven-hour drive on Friday and seven-hour drive back in a silent car because my wife went to sleep going down and my son went to sleep coming back. Nobody wanted to talk to me on that trip. They all went to bed on me. So I had plenty of time to think, and you know what happens when I think for a long time. It is not always good. I started thinking about that thing. I have come this close to one Sunday morning preaching first and during the Sunday school hour, letting the worship team sing, and at 11 o'clock have Sunday school just to freak people out, just to freak them out. Not because I'm trying to gain Sunday school attendance. No, because what people don't realize is when I stand up here at 11 o'clock or 11.30, from everything that started at 10, 10 o'clock, 9.30 in band practice, really, but everything from 9.30 till 11.30 has direct co- correlation impacts on what's going to happen when I stand up here at 11.30. Because if the worship team looks ticked off, I've got a big road to hoe before I can get to church. 
And if they're mad at each other and we're arguing and fussing and fighting, thank God we don't have that. But if we're arguing, fussing and fighting and storming off and picking up our instruments and getting mad or during the worship don't like what it is and we're, we're pouting or this, that, and the other, you know what's going to happen when 1130 rolls around? I got a hard road to hoe because it's already set me up for a sinking ship. If the Sunday school teachers hadn't prepared all week and they get up there and say, I don't know, let's just flip in our Bible and find something and talk about it. The ground's not prepared for the 1130 worship service. See, I believe that everything that happens on this platform, behind these lecterns and in these classrooms, have direct implications to how successful I'm going to be at 1130. Not because I, I didn't prepare and study. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because the hearts of people already could be turned off and their ears turned off before I even get a chance to speak the word of the Lord based on everything else that's happened that day. We get to a point in our lives, we get so narcissistic and self-centered that it's all about us. What about me? Well, what is the preacher going to preach that's going to help me today? That's great. But what about, what is the preacher going to preach to help others today too? What is the Sunday school teacher not only saying to me, but what is he saying to others today? See, people come to church with an expectation. You, you, you say, well, I shouldn't have to have these expectations with God. Why? We have expectations. You expect when you go to the restaurant that somebody's going to eventually wait on you in a timely manner. If not, you get mad and you leave. I should take you to a restaurant and tell the waitress, don't come for an hour and let's see what they do. And when you get up and leave, I'm going to say, whoa, 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 don't leave. Well, pastor, that's not service. Oh, so you expected something today. Well, that's just, that's just, that's just how customer service should work. Oh, so you have expectations. If you don't believe in expectations, get married. You'll learn real quick expectations are real. The wife buys you flooring to put in your upstairs attic. You didn't even ask for flooring. You know what she's saying? She's not saying, oh, honey, I thought of you. She's saying, I don't like the way the attic looks. Fix it. That, had, that gift wasn't for you. That was her project to get you to do something. I had somebody the other day said, yeah, I didn't, even, I, I didn't even ask for it. My wife bought me shelving to put at the top of my attic. And she said, I... Hey, babe, I bought you a new present. He said, I opened up this gift, and it was a do-it-yourself project to put up shelving. He thought, I didn't ask for this. I never intended to put up shelving in the attic. You know what? It wasn't his gift. It was his gift, but it was his wife's expectation. I'm tired of the junk in the garage. Put it on the shelf upstairs, you know. It's kind of like when the wife walks into the room, and you can see the glow, not of the Holy Spirit, but there's an aura, there's a glow on her face, but it's not the Lord. And you know, oh no, what have I done? And she goes, hey babe, where are your shoes? Oh, my feet. I know, you do know I just mopped this house, right? I do. You do know all the other shoes are at the back door, right? I've noticed that recently. I was wondering why everybody left their shoes back there. I was really confused why everybody was walking around barefoot that day. Huh? What she is saying is, I expect when you come into the house, if I've cleaned it, take your shoes off. See, we live on expectations. Jobs, 
have expectations. Bosses expect certain things. If the product line's not being done the right way, if things aren't getting done, the boss says, hey, why are we not meeting production? Why are we not meeting? You know what he's saying? There's a level of expectations. I don't pay you not to do anything. There are expectations, and even in the job, corporate world, it's expectation. Brother Shane, who, who owns his own lawn care service, if he had guys and he sends them to Carolina Memorial to do the to cut the grass around the, the cemetery plots there, and he gets a call three days later from Carolina Memorial's customer service office and says, hey, Shane, are everything all right? And he says, yeah, what's up? I'm like, man, we thought you said you were coming on Monday, but the grass is now so high, we don't even know if we're a cemetery anymore. We don't know where people are buried anymore. We don't even know where they are anymore. You know what Brother Shane's going to probably do? He's probably going to call the guys that he sent on Monday to do the job because he expected them when he left the house or the office to get the zero-turn lawnmower and go out there and do what their job was. And there's probably going to be a conversation as to why that expectation was not met. These men go to the temple. Many people have passed them by offering them nothing. He's still begging. Peter says, what do you want us to do? What do you expect from us? Peter at least talked to the guy. That's better than what most church people do on Sunday morning. At least Peter acknowledged him. Hello, preacher. That's why I do meet and greet. Whether you want to meet him or greet him or not, somebody's going to come meet you and greet you. Even if you don't like to talk, they'll talk to you. It's a way to get people to interact. He says, what do you want us to do? The man says, I, I, you know, I've got some fair change. Peter said, silver and gold. I don't have that. I don't have no money. But what I do have, I'll give to you. Now, he didn't say, I got a gift card to McDonald's. I'm going to run right up here to McDonald's. I'm going to get you a number one with a big sweet tea. I'll be right back. Don't move. I don't have money, but I'll bring you a meal. That's not what he said. He didn't say, hey, buddy, I'll tell you what. I got a friend that's the, one of the directors of Change Lives Ministries amongst the Let me call them. And let me see if they got a place you can stay for the night. No, and I'm not knocking these ministries. Please don't get what I'm saying. But listen to what I'm about to say. He didn't say, hey, man, I, I tell you what. I, I've got connections at Monk's Corner uh, Inn. I'll call them, see if they'll put you up for the night, man. Or, hey, why don't you come home with us? My wife will cook you a meal and... You know, we'll figure out some way to get you on disability. We'll, we'll take you down to the, the disability offices, and we'll see if we can get you on full disability so that you can get a check every month. Because you know what that was going to do? As long as Peter put money into the pot, he was aiding and abetting the lifestyle of that man. If Peter would have said, hey, let me take you down to the Social Security office and let me and to the disability office and let me get you a disability check, nothing wrong with that if people need that. But if I did, what he's doing is saying, I'm going to help keep feeding in to your situation. But Peter knew he didn't have to feed into a situation. He could change a situation. Sometimes we as the body of Christ need to quit feeding in and feeding the, the spiritual situations of other people. And we should go in with the mindset we're going to change their lives. We're going to change their situation. We don't need to keep aiding and abetting their sin. We don't need to keep aiding and abetting their lifestyle. We don't need to keep bailing them out of trouble. We need to show them Jesus because he can change. Their situation. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> the old song says, there is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ears. The sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love. And they say the name, Jesus. Jesus. See, I, I wish that somebody this morning would understand this concept today. That you may not have a million dollars in the bank. You may not even drive the nicest car in the parking lot. You may not have the nicest clothes in this building this morning. 
Brother Shane's already beat you to it, so the rest of y'all just, you might as well get over it. That man wore a suit today. That man beat everybody. He made the preacher look bad today. I was like, I didn't even know you owned that. Like, where did the suit come from? It's like, I didn't even know. I thought Storm had started lifting weights a lot more. I thought that Storm was a lot bigger than he was the last time I saw him. I was shocked. But, but you may not have the nicest clothes in the building. You may not even be the smartest person in the building. <laughs> I'm not. But I can tell you one thing. If everybody in this building this morning, before you leave today, understood this concept, silver and gold, have I none? Education, have I none? The best car, have I none? The best clothes, have I none? The best education or knowledge, have I none? The best person for the job, have I none? But such as I have, I give to you whatever you're going through today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every demon has to flee. Hell shudders. Every life is changed. At the name of Jesus, your marriage can be put back together. At the name of Jesus, finances can come back into your life at the name of Jesus healing can go into nursing homes and can go into your home and to your family's home at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess at the name of Jesus there's salvation there's healing there's deliverance at the name of Jesus that's what I give you today I can't give you anything else but I give you Jesus today I give you Jesus today he said look upon us he said, such as I have. But there's a word in there that most people overlook and read. The Bible said he was expecting to receive alms. But Peter said to him, look at us. He said, I want you to look me in the eyes. And the Bible said that man, when he looked at him in the eyes, he was expecting, expecting, the translation says, to receive something. It'll be around verse number four of Acts chapter three. He said he was expecting to receive something. He got something, all right. He didn't get another get me over check. He didn't get another few more pennies in the in the in the little cup there. But in the name of Jesus, he said, get up and walk. You don't need us to pay you anymore. You're going to be able to work for yourself. You're going to be able to feed for yourself. You're not going to still be a cripple, but you're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, you came. I don't care if nobody else told you this this morning yet or not, but you came to the right place today for me to tell you today. I don't know what you're going through, but you're at the right place for such as I have this morning. I preach Jesus and him crucified at the name of Jesus. Whatever you have in your in your life in need of right now, you can leave this place knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's on the scene and he can change everything about it. Today I give you a man called Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was the same one that Moses saw as he goes up that mountainside. He's standing before God. God begins to transcribe the holy covenant commands of God again on those stones. Moses goes up to that mountain. He's with God again. That's when he asked God to show him his glory. The Bible said, God agreed. said, you can't see my face. You would die. I can show you the, the train or the backside of my glory. But then something happens. Not only was there an expectation, but there's an element in this story of humiliation. I'm not talking about public embarrassment. I'm talking about humbleness. I'm talking about 
the act, the word humiliation actually means the act of reducing to a lower position in one's eyes or another's eyes. Moses said, I can't even stand before this God that I serve. He got down, the Bible said, basically on his knees and put his head in between his knees. He said, I can't even look upon even the train of his glory. There's something I can't explain. Listen, I've never been to heaven, so I can't tell you what heaven looks like. But I can tell you that I've been in some services that felt as close to heaven as possible where you could almost feel the weight of God's glory in the room. You you almost dared to not breathe because you knew God had walked in. You didn't have your your diet Pepsi. In the, in the pew beside you and you didn't have your goldfish cracking. You were scared to even crack open a mint and put a piece of chewing gum in because you felt something walk into the room. And though nobody else, quote, had walked into the room, oh yes, somebody actually did walk into the room. And I've been in services where people all of a sudden had to just get down on their heads and knees and they begin to weep and they begin to wail, not because they were embarrassed, not because, but there was a glory that filled the house. Oh, can I tell you what my heart is for 2023, oh, that the glory of God would resonate in the house again, where where sons and daughters would just weep in the presence of God, would pray in the presence of the, pray in their prayer language, be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, be baptized, be worshipers, be exalted, be exalted, exaltation in the house of the Lord. Oh, what it would be like to have the glory of God in the house. When you walked into the room, you felt the tangible, almost the tangible presence of an almighty God. It was as if you could reach out and physically touch him. Oh, what a beautiful service that would be if his presence just came down. The weight of his glory was in the house. Oh, man. You talk about church. It doesn't matter what the preacher says. Then It doesn't matter what the singers say. Because when he walks into the room, everything changes when he walks in the room. He bowed down and worshipped him. Moses was a meek man. Can I tell you, meekness does not correlate to weakness. Just because someone is a meek and gentle person doesn't mean they are a weak person. In fact, the true meaning of meekness is to be teachable. The question for us today that could still be posed is, are we still teachable? Not just from the preacher or from the Sunday school, but I'm talking about just in general. Have we get to the point where we know it all? Are we still willing to hear and to learn from God? And to hear and let God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, show us and reveal to us truths of God's Word. So there was not only determination, preparation, separation, expectation, and humiliation, but finally, before I close, the Bible said there was adoration. Moses, the Bible said, when he got down on his hands and knees, He made haste and he bowed his head toward the earth. Exodus 34 and 8. And the last line said, and he worshipped. He didn't just, Brother James, get down on his hands and knees and go, oh God, I'm going to die. Oh God, that's a holy God. Oh God. No, the Bible said he began to worship the Lord. Yes, I'm all about fear and trembling and having a holy reverence for the things of God in his house. But I'm telling you more than our fear of God, we should want to worship God. Moses got down. He wasn't sitting there kneeling down going, oh, God, oh, God, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't ask for this. Oh, God, maybe I shouldn't have saw your glory. Oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. Oh, I, no, he began to worship. I believe Moses would probably, even though he 
he he may not have known David was going to write it down the road or, or others in the, in the book of Psalms are going to write but I believe Moses might have just been sitting there laying there prostrate before the Lord and began to just say God you're great you're greatly to be great is thy faithfulness oh God you've been so good to me I can't I can't even begin to put it into words you brought me out of the land I was born in captivity in Egypt Egyptian bondage I was a nomad in the desert after being a murderer and killing a man but God you brought me back to the land of my birth in Egypt and you let me lead a million plus people out of Egyptian bondage and, and we walk through the wilderness and, and we're stuck in this wilderness but God you made waters flow from rocks and, and you provided oasis in the middle of dry and barren places just I, I know that Moses probably didn't know that Isaiah would one day write it but Isaiah said oh won't I do a new thing won't I make springs come up in the wilderness uh, and rivers in the wasteland talking about desertous places I know Isaiah gets credited for saying that scripture but Moses Moses lived that scripture where there were rivers in the wastelands and there was waters in the desert places. I believe Moses said, God, you've been good. Oh, God, you have been great. You have brought us. Lord, I trust you. I love you. I'm telling you today the quickest way for us to experience the Shekinah glory of Almighty God is not to give God a bunch of lists of things we need done, but to say, God, I just come today to worship you. I just come to glorify you. I come up to lift up holy hands and magnify your name and worship you. I've come into this house and gathered with these people to worship you. I will exalt your name. I will exalt the Lord. His praise will forever be on my mouth. I will continually uplift the name of the Lord. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the afternoon. Oh, if we would just worship and praise the Lord, all his glory would come down in this place it would show up that's what God longs for we have to become formal with our informality David said in Psalms Miss Carol as you make your way David said in Psalms 100 in verse 4 I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name I know we sing the praise chorus, I will enter his gates, but boy, if we came in every Sunday entering into his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's not just for the month of November, it's for every day that ends in Y. So that's every day. I'm telling you, if we would enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and we'd show up to church with a praise on our lips, uh, uh, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven, but if we showed up to church uh, with a praise on our lips saying, I don't care if the Sunday school teacher's great today or not. I don't care if Sister Sherry and the worship team are on point today or not. I don't care if the preacher preaches the best sermon I've ever heard or it's a flat dud. I'm coming not for the singing. I'm not coming for the preacher. I'm not coming for the Sunday school teacher. But I come to praise him. I come to lift him up. I come to glorify him. I come to magnify his name. Let us exalt his name together and bless his name today, church. One songwriter put it this way. He said, oh, magnify the Lord who is worthy to be praised. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. Another songwriter said, I came to magnify the Lord, exalt his name, lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher. I just came to magnify, I just came to glorify, I just came to lift 
him up. Boy, if that would be on our hearts when we came to church, Brother James' church would look different every Sunday. We wouldn't have to ask people to clap. They'd clap because God's good. We wouldn't have to say give God an ovation of praise. It doesn't matter if the song is fast, medium, or slow. It wouldn't matter. They wouldn't have to be pumped or primed. They'd already be clapping. They'd already have their hands lifted. They'd already have tears flowing because it wouldn't be about anything else, but they're here to meet with God. They said, Moses said, by God, God told Moses, be ready, be ready, be ready to meet me. Can I tell you, every time we come into this place, we must be ready to encounter the presence of God. Be ready. God doesn't want to work on our programs or our plans. He doesn't want to just be another person in the audience. He doesn't want it just to be the songs of myself rather than the songs of him. He wants to have fellowship, relations. He wants to be with us. Emmanuel, God with. Not from us, not away from us. God with us. See, the steps that I have talked to you the last couple weeks... They led Moses to a mountaintop encounter with God. And when Moses returned and came back down from that mountain, he had a glow on his face. What we should want and desire for the year 2023 is for the countenance of God to be so evident in our lives that we are changed by his presence. The glow of God's glory is, is, is shining brightly and illuminating in our hearts. We should desire to recapture, reclaim, and recover the effervescent glow of God again. The series that we've been talking about is a fresh start, a new season. It's never too late. Oh, it's plenty of time to begin this journey again. We should long to wear the veil of God's presence and anointing on our lives. Not just masking that we think we have the glow. I'm not talking about being a hypocrite, but we want the presence of God in our lives more than anything else. That's what fasting, that's what we're doing right now. We're saying, hey, we're willing to give up things that, that we enjoy, things that satisfy us in order to spend it with you, God, to give you more of us. The, the food may not mean as much to me as the spiritual food. The desserts may not mean as much to me as the sweet spirit of God living in my life. We're saying and during this fast, God, that nothing else matters more you and I. So the question is, are you willing to bring the glory of God back again? Do you want to recapture the glow? Do you want to experience the Shekinah glory of God again? Do, do you want to know Him in that way? That, that, that manifest the tangible presence of God. Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Which tells me that if God did it for Moses, He let Moses experience His presence, then it's the same God that will let you and I experience His presence. Oh, we may not stand on the side of a mountain and watch Him go by. But boy, what if one Sunday morning He just came by? The Bible, the old songwriter said it always made a difference when Jesus passes by. The devil trembles, the enemy flees when Jesus comes on the scene. 
It always shines a ray of light. The darkening clouds must fly. It always makes a difference when Jesus passes by. Oh, I wonder if one Sunday morning, whether it was in the first song, the second song, or in the middle of the worship, if God just passed his way by this way. Oh, and what if the glory of God just settled in this house? That would be church. That would be church. I believe God still can do it because his word says he can. And the word says he will. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall. He already promised we could have it. How bad do we want it? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder if someone would say to me this morning, Pastor, 